Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. Right. Turn the wheel. No, reverse. Left reverse. Right. Slow the out. Go kill it, kill it, kill the owner. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I said reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're docked now. To the NBA front office show special trade deadline eve edition. We have had a lot go down since our last show. We told you we would come to you with as close to a live reaction as three guys who hold down full-time jobs outside of this can get you. And so we've got some big trades to talk through, some small trades to talk through, and we are going to get into all of them here in just a little bit. I'm going to bring in my co-host, but first I want to tell you that we are proud to be brought to you by CLNS Media here on the NBA front office show and we are you know working with clns they are a great group to work with so make sure you check out their other podcasts across their network as well and now i'm going to go ahead and bring in my producer con or con how are you i'm doing great you know it's just coming back from work sitting down on my computer and, and talking hoops i was busy at work today so all these trades like i know kind of what happened but i'm gonna be thinking about them for the first time now yeah, Khan's gonna be thinking we might even break, you know, minor news to him. There's all the big <laughs> names, but you know, some of the pieces. And you hear him in there, you know, as he chuckled there, our co-host Pete Toll. Pete, how are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing good. Just wrapping my head around you know, some of the the minor deals, but you know, that could have, have uh, good ramifications, especially for my sixers. So we'll see. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And it is uh it guys, it's a little weird to look out the window and it's dark out as we uh as we record because normally we've been recording in the mornings on Sundays, but it is that time. We are here for uh you know, we, we said we would would come with as close to live reactions as we could if there were big trades, and we got a big one early, early this morning. Again, we are recording this on Wednesday, February sixth, early this morning at about two o'clock in the morning or so, uh news broke that the Philadelphia 76ers and Los Angeles Clippers have swung what is probably the biggest trade to date of the C. Well, the Jimmy Butler trade was probably bigger, but this one's probably right on its heels as far as uh, magnitude and what it's going to do. So the particulars are Philadelphia will acquire Tobias Harris, or has acquired because this trade is now now official. So they acquired Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott from the Clippers, and they sent out Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamet, and then a whole bunch of picks. So it's a lottery protected 2020 Philadelphia first. That is lottery protected through 2022. Then it'll turn into two seconds in 2023 and 2024. And then a Miami 2021 first. That's the one that 
the Heat originally sent to the Suns for Goran Dragic. The Suns sent it to uh, Philadelphia in, a, in another trade, and now it's going on to the L.A. Clippers. And then two second-round picks in 2021 and 2023 that are actually the Detroit Pistons second-round picks that Philly owned from trades at the draft for Kyrie Thomas. Those are now going to go on to the Clippers. So let's get into the Philadelphia side. And, Pete, I'm going to go to you first because you're the six guy mm-hmm. how are you feeling after this one you got you gave up some some depth and some future assets but you're getting back to bias harris for the rest of the season at least uh well let me touch on who we lost first um landry shamet was the the biggest piece to me that that i hated to see because he has been having such a good rookie season that a lot of people didn't expect but at the same time you're kind of getting off of Mike Muscala, who I you know think struggled a little bit playing the power forward spot, I thought was more comfortable there at center, plus the emergence of um, Jonah Bolden um, kind of remedied that, plus what they you know got back, which I'll talk about in a second. And then Wilson Chandler, his injury history, um, you know, really kind of eased that for me. Um, but coming in, you get Tobias Harris, which – Really, if you look at it, if he was in the Eastern Conference, he would be an NBA All-Star, no doubt. Um, I believe he should have made the Western Conference All-Stars, but we talked about that previous. Um, essentially, now the Sixers have you know, four stars on their team. Ben Simmons, who's 21. Redick, who's, what, 33, 30, uh, 34. Um, I should know that. He's born the day before me. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, um, who's, what, 28. Tobias Harris is 25 and Embiid's 24. So essentially the Sixers are now set up for a good five-year window or more. Oh, there's um, 29, 29. Oh, uh, but okay. 29. It's always tough when we're for in the beginning part of a new calendar year. Right. So right. It's, it's all good though. Close enough. Yeah. And I, I feel like with Tobias Harris, I mean, you know, you know what you're getting. He can stretch the floor. Um, looking at it from the defensive side of things, I hope that he gets a little bit better there, but I think with, you know, the, the system with Butler, um, there and bead, I think it'll, it'll help. Um, you get, um, Mike Scott, who essentially is a better upgrade than Mike Muscala because he's able to stretch the floor, um, a little bit better. He kind of had a down year, but it's doc rivers and doc rivers doesn't always, um, help his role players, um, with his coaching style, so to speak. And, um, then we get Boban, you know, everybody loves Boban, you know, can come in and, and, you know, block shots and get rebounds, um, score a ton of points. And so really think the Sixers can use his scoring. It, it really solidifies uh, a backup center position for them. So all in all, to me, it was a great move on the, on the Sixers side. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to give my thoughts on the two lesser guys in the trade first here with Boban and Mike Scott. So, so I think Boban gives them a legitimate backup center. They really haven't had that all year. Cause Mike Mascala is just, he hasn't been the same guy that he was in Atlanta. He's, he's really struggled defensively. Can't do too much. They, they've had to play him at power forward some because they, they've been down guys at that position. It's just been not, not great. And then really it turns into it's Jonah Bolden and Amir Johnson behind Joel Embiid and Amir Johnson, you know, warrior that he is, he just looks like he's 
pretty much done. And Bolden is he's inconsistent because he, he's in his first year in the NBA, you know, and he and he's still only what is he? He just turned twenty three, so you know, pr- pretty you know inconsistent young big there. So I think you know Boban's going to give them 10, 15 minutes a night behind Embiid when he needs to sit, and then I think Boban can also give the Sixers the ability to rest Embiid in games. In there, there's clearly been nights when Embiid should not have played. Recently, Pete, I know you've noticed that too. Mm-hmm. That he he's just been so like. There's nights he 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 just can't even run up and down the floor. It really looks like he's physically ailing and just you know really having a hard time. So so that and I'm with you with Scott. I think he's a little underrated. Good scoring forward. You know, I think he's really gonna back up Harris. I could see Philly going to some jumbo lineups where they could go with Embiid, Scott, Harris, Redick, and Simmons as their grouping. That group might struggle defensively. Um, there, but but I, you know, I, I like those two guys kind of, you know, on the back end that I think people are overlooking because you instantly are going right to Tobias Harris. Now, Con with with Philly, you know, Harris is going to slot in there and start, so it's going to be Embiid, Harris, Butler, Reddick, and Simmons. And I'm going to ask you two questions. First is, is that the best starting five in the East? And second is, who in the world defends good point guards like Kyrie Irving, Kyle Lowry, D'Angelo Russell? Who, who's going to draw that assignment out of that starting five? Well, the second question isn't really a tough question for me because it's Jimmy Butler. He can guard any player one through three pretty much. Um, so everyone's going to that. And I'm going to interrupt you for a second. but Please do because I'm very curious how you're going to push back because I'll he, push back on that. <laughs> he hasn't guarded point guards in a very long time. It's been a, a long time since he, he's been the point guard defender for, for a team. You know, it, well, it's well, really been been a while. So, like, what does that mean? He forgot. I, I don't know that he forgot, but is he still able? I mean, this is a guy who's twenty nine years old. Is he going to chase Kyrie Irving all over the floor? You know, for forty minutes a night in a playoff series? Yes. He, if he, it brings he, a title he, to Philly, he will. One hundred percent, he will. I'm, right. I, yeah. Right. Um. Anyways, I, I, th- I think enough teams will take their chances with, with that one. I think uh, a lot of the other top contenders will will gladly take their chances of asking Jimmy Butler at age 29 with all the injuries he's played through to guard a top tier offensive point guard for 40 minutes a night. You know, I, I, it it continues to be an issue. They, that's probably their single biggest weakness pre-trade and it really hasn't been solved yet. Post-trade. We'll talk about what they could do to, to fix that down the line, but all right, to answer that second part of the question, is that the best starting five in the East? I, I mean, yeah, I think it, Definitely is. Um, and I had I was having conversations with some friends um, about this, and they were really against the trade for Philly because of how much they gave up for a guy that's on an expiring contract. And my thought here is that you have to pay a premium for a guy that wasn't really on the market. Like, the Clippers weren't dying to give up Tobias Harris. He was their plan B if they struck out on the two max plan that is plan A for them. And... Yeah. He's playing like an all-star this year. Um, too bad he got snubbed, which I think it's a huge snub. Anyway, and then... And, and if he had been in the East two weeks ago, he probably makes it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, might, he might be starting. <laughs> well, let's not go that far. He's I mean, not Kemba's that... in there. Yeah, but they don't play... They're not both backcourt guys. I mean... Is he not shooting? Anyway, whatever. Um, he, he would have been an all-star team in the East, uh, whether or not he started. And I would say that to get the chance to win the East, because if you look at the top four teams, 
Zach Lowe was talking about this the, the other day. If one of them, lo- like two of them are going to lose in the second round, no matter yeah. what. And yeah. those two teams are going to blow everything up because of the volatility of the NBA. So if getting Tobias Harris puts you over the top in the second round, that gives you an even better chance of keeping these guys and not Jimmy Butler leaving. And then you're stuck with Embiid and Simmons and having to reconstruct things around that, um, which you don't really have. I mean, they could actually make some cap space. But anyway, you need to pay a premium for a guy that wasn't on the market that's going to put that could put you over the top. And that premium came as the 2021 Miami pick, Shamit. And next year's pick is like a piece that was probably available in many different discussions. And then, yes. Oh, go ahead, Pete. Just real quick, you have to look at how valuable, you know, realistically is that Miami pick going to be? And then how valuable do you see Shamit being? as a future NBA player, like if he gets to JJ Reddick's potential, great. But at the same time, I'm going to take my chances on Tobias Harris in a win now move that could potentially, you know, lock you into an Eastern conference finals battle, whether it's Boston or whoever it is um, against, I would rather have that than, than relying on a rookie and Shamit injury history and Chandler and then Mascala's up and down play. So, I mean, like like you just said, Con, you have to make a bold move if you want to go for it all now. Yeah, so so this is where I want to jump in. And again, we accuse us of groupthink if you want. But I saw a lot of what Con was talking about around the timeline on Twitter today of just, I can't believe we gave up so much for this expiring guy who's, you know, and then there was some ridiculous foolishness out there. Is, is he even really that better than Wilson Chandler? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, that's you know, wild. That, yeah, and that was, you know, but I'm not, and I promise you, I'm not making it up. You can go back and find it, um, you know, there because it was, I saw it multiple times uh, this morning, but you know, Tobias Harris, I don't think a lot of people know he's pushing the hell out of a 50, 40, 90 season. I think he's at like 50, um, 43, 88 right now, which that's, you know, that's, you don't see that, you know, very often 50, 40, 90 is, you know, still a pretty elite uh, club of guys that, that actually get there. And for forwards, it really doesn't happen. So, you know, yeah, he's a massive upgrade over Wilson Chandler. It's not even, even even if he only played the Wilson Chandler role and just stood in the corner, he'd be a massive upgrade over Wilson Chandler. You know, he's also grabbing eight rebounds a game, which is a career high. You know, playing plays good defense, not not great. You know, he's you know above average to good. You know, you know does, does solid there. I think he'll be better with better defenders around him, like Embiid and Butler and Simmons. I think that's really going to help them. You know, and and all this hand wringing over giving up Landry Shamed. Pete, you just went to it. He's a rookie. You're, you're going to trust a rookie in the playoffs against, you know, like you guys just said, Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston. You're going to have to play two of them, you know, mm-hmm. unless barring something really unexpected. You're going to have to go through two of those teams. And, and I, I mean, you're if Redick is healthy, Shamit's going to give you, what, 10 minutes a night, maybe? You know, so who, you know, I just, yeah, it's, I don't, this is where I feel like, some people have been so broken by this, you know, trust the process. And this is not a shot at Philly fans because it happens all across the NBA of it's better to always have draft picks and young guys than go in on, you know, these known quantities. Philly's close. They could make the or make the finals now yeah. with this group. They're they're right there. The other thing that, that I don't see being mentioned a lot is two things, right? It's already been reported. Their intention is to keep 
Embiid, Simmons, Butler, and Harris, and that's what they're going to build around. I would assume Redick comes back now. They're going to be operating as an over-the-cap team now instead of being a cap space team. So that means now they can play Redick off his early bird rights, which gives him you know a pretty good bump on the current salaries at, and then that preserves their entire mid-level exception to go get somebody else, and then re-sign Harris and Butler to whatever deals they get. But Harris also gives them protection. Let's say Butler... Let's just say it, it is a little clunky, and let's say they, they lose in the second round or they, they get swept in the conference finals or some less than desirable outcome. And Butler says, you know, and he pulls a Jimmy Butler, which is the fear always with him, of, yeah, I want to go somewhere else. And he chooses to leave. Well, now you've got Harris, who essentially can replace a lot of what you get from Jimmy Butler as far as fit with the team and doing those kind of things. So I think you're really well protected if you're Philly here, if Butler chooses to walk. And, Con, you touched on it. They they could still be a cap space team that involves Butler leaving and then some other stuff happening. But if that happens, Philly can pivot very, very quickly. You know, and, and we, we, we're, we're going to talk about the Clippers side here in a minute. It's kind of ironic the Clippers opened up, you know, close to or potentially could even very realistically get to two max slots. And they could throw one of those at Jimmy Butler, which is kind of funny to think about considering how the trade worked, you know, in the wee hours of this morning. But I just I don't understand the hand wringing over, you know, well, why did we do this? You're the, the pick you're hoping to give up from yourself. If you're Philly super late, you're hoping 25 or later. Then the Miami pick, sure, that's an unknown. That could be a really good pick, but but it was it was an extra pick. You have those extra picks to do things like this. This is not the same hinky error, error anymore, where you're piling up, you know, picks and contracts and doing all these things because you're going you're going in. You have the pieces, so now you go in around those pieces. So sorry, I'll jump off the soapbox here, but I, I had to get that rant out there because that was driving me nuts today. You know, one, I just feel like people are drastic, you know drastically underrating how good Tobias Harris has been. And then I just, this whole, you know, concept of you can never cash in these chips. Like it's, what's the point of having them then? If you're never going to. What about contention this year? I I feel like people are always like, Oh, we're giving out future picks. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I understand. But one of the assets you're getting is a better shot at winning the East this year. Mike Scott is better than your backup four right now. Yep. Yep. Boban yeah, it, can back up Embiid. Like those two players are solid players that can give you minutes in the regular season to get home court advantage. Boban's probably not going to play in the playoffs, but Mike Scott can. So yeah. that's two rotation players who Mike Scott over Wilson Chandler. Maybe I even want Mike Scott in that role because he's <laughs> actually he, going to play that role. Exactly, and Tobias Harris yeah. is, uh, yeah, I just, it's, yeah. it's why, because you need to consider just like Jimmy Butler didn't work out. I mean, Jimmy Butler didn't work out for the Wolves, but a piece of what they got was getting the playoffs, getting to the playoffs yep. after 13 years. Yep. That is an asset that was valuable to Minnesota, and they yep. at least did that. This year, if Philly makes it to the finals, that is going to be huge, and they're closer to that right now because Tobias Harris is amazing. <laughs> yeah, outside of one of these East teams pulling off a you know shocking deal for Anthony Davis. I can't see anything that puts them to be the favorite over Golden State. But what doing a trade like this does for Philly, and yes, I know they just beat the Warriors, but what this does is now it gives you a chance. You know, exactly. if you get if you get to those finals and uh you know in so somewhere in the play, you know uh 
get Steph Curry slips on Myers Leonard's back sweat at some point, like he did a couple years ago in the playoffs. Maybe now all of a sudden Golden State's not really Golden State, you know, and then they, you know, maybe, you know, you get there and you all of a sudden it's like, whoa, wait a minute, we've got a real chance. I just, I've always been a big believer when you're close, go do it. You'll go for it. And, and the other thing for Philly is this wasn't, this is not a, a deal where Tobias Harris came on and said, well, that's cool, but you're getting, you know, the next 30 games out of me, you know, regular season and playoffs, and then I'm out of town. I am heading out. I'm not sticking around here. It's, there's no, he could be there for the next, you know, well, it's Tobias Harris, and he there's some rule that he must be traded every couple of years. But, you know, if it if not that, it's, he's a good guy who you can have around in the locker room. Plus he's not the kind of guy who is going to chirp a lot. If he's not seeing the ball, he's not built like that. I had a chance to cover him here in Orlando. He's just not that type of guy. So I think, you know, I just, I can't get there. You know, with the, with the, and he was rumored to want to go back to the East coast. So it just, it all New York guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it all fit great. And, and you touched on it, the finals this year, even if they made it to the finals and say, Hey, Golden State beats them in, in the finals. Say Golden State, you know, has, you know, basically they lose Durant, just yep. hypothetically. And, you know, say something happens with Clay, then, I mean, the window is is wide open for anybody in the Eastern Conference, you know, to really get a good run. So and to close it out for me, this is not just a this year right now move for yep. Philly. I think it's a move that sets them up for the next, like I said, five or five plus years. All right, so let, let's let's stay with Philly for another couple minutes here because they're 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 not done. They can't be done. They, mm-hmm. This this can't be the way way you know the roster ends for them. It's as it stands right now. We talked Embiid, Harris, Butler, Reddick, Simmons. You know, maybe, you know, I can see the arguments for a couple others. You know, but that's right up there for the best starting five in the East, if if not the best starting five. But the bench, holy crap, is it bad? Mm-hmm. You know, we just mentioned you know Boban and Scott can help. That's that's fine, and I think you know Jonah Bolden's fine. You know, up front you, you could you know get by with him, but the backup wings and guards is really really bad. T.J. McConnell. There's your 10, 10, 15 minute a guy, you know, they're a game guy. He's, he's as it stands today, in my opinion, the best traditional point guard defender on the roster. He's a guy who does it all the time, you know, and, you know, so, so, so he has value after him. There's nothing there, you know, and I've heard a couple of people say, well, Zaire Smith, a rookie he's who hasn't hurt. even played, yeah. you know, yeah. And I know he's working his way back, but he's still he ex- out. He's yeah. Not. But even let's say he gets back, you can't expect a rookie who hasn't played all year, maybe plays the last 20 games to come in and be this, you know, huge revelation in the playoffs. I've, I've also know? heard people throw out, you know, shake Milton and I'm like, he just yeah. broke his hand. Broke so his he's hand not, and, and he's not good. Right. I mean, that's and, just crazy. So that leaves you with Markel Fultz. All right, let's write that off. Cause that's not happening. I can't, you know, no one can see that. So mentioning Fultz though, I think that's your trade piece Yep. there. It's now time. You are now built to go to win, to win and make a deep run this year, next year, the year after, they cannot afford any longer to bring Fultz along slowly and to, to bring that out. You know, that is the move I would be making right now. I would be, you know, seeing what I can do, seeing where I can get. He is a, I'm pulling it up, $8.3 million contract right now. That can get them one or two 
good players at the guard slash wing position that can be major upgrades in their rotation. And if that means you give up on him and then next season, wherever you send him, he blossoms. And, and I'm just throwing this out completely random. You trade him to Atlanta for Kent Bazemore, and now Bazemore comes in, and then Fultz blows up in Atlanta. You know what? You say, good for you, Markel Fultz. I'm happy for for you. We made the move we needed to make to be better this year and next year and down the line, whatever we needed to do. Is there any reason for you, Con, that you wouldn't be looking at you know, Fultz are piling together a couple of these other contracts like Patton, Corkmaz to try and go out and upgrade yourself, you know, in your backups. No, I mean, because that gets you to like 20 million. That gets you to another like semi-star level player, maybe even a Tobias Harris level player from another team. Like I'm trying to think of the player that they could go for, but they, they probably need a point guard. Um, like not, not like a more defensive 3 and D type point guard, like you were saying, even though I'm comfortable with Jimmy Butler, don't get me wrong. Um, but Fultz's value is very variant. Like a young team would could give a decent piece for you. Like maybe the Clippers, you could probably get back either Lou Will or Pat Bev and Avery Bradley to boost the depth. Um, I don't know. Yeah, if those, Phil, those I don't are the guys. You know? Uh, Williams is probably... It, it, that would cost you more than I think what they can do just because the Clippers he's seen as when they do reload this thing and we're going to get to them in just a minute when they do reload this thing he's seen as a guy they want to kind of reload with because he's on such a great contract he's very plug and play he's an extremely respected veteran in the NBA guys love him want to play with him so you know so I think they're looking at you know he's going to be you know I, I'm not trying to say he's LeBron James but he's going to be their recruiter who's out there, but Patrick Beverly, that'd be a perfect fit for Philadelphia. A guy who knocked down some shots, really get after it defensively. Avery Bradley, maybe a little too expensive, but again, another really, really good fit. You know, a guy, guy who's been there, who's done that. He's been in those big games. You know, those two guys, I, I'm almost a little surprised this deal didn't expand a little bigger, especially where it broke in the middle of the night. By the time it went official, it was in the back of my head. This thing might go a little bigger. We we might see Corkmaz and Patton thrown in to get Beverly, you know, or something along those lines, or you know, Beverly and uh, Tyrone Wallace, or something like that, or you know, some, somehow they do, you know, Beverly to get Beverly and and Luke Rashad and Bamute, who's you know very close with Joel Embiid. You know, I, I could have seen things like that. That's not to say they couldn't come back to it, um, and do it. They they already you know, did one deal. There's no reason why they couldn't go, go back to that. If the Clippers want to go that direction, but, but that's, you know, for, for me, that's exactly what they need is they need that other guy. So, you know, I want to move on to, to the Clippers side of it, but just know we're here. We're less than, you know, a day out from the trade deadline. I don't think Philly's done yet. If they don't do anything else by the deadline, they're sure as heck going to do something in the buyout market. They will really be, be, be pushing um, to get something done there. That's going to be, uh, you know, um, you know, did that they're, they're going to upgrade the roster, whether that means, you know, simply moving on from and waving guys like Patton and Corkmaz who aren't really part of the future, maybe even moving on from Amir Johnson. That one's a little harder to see because, because he's such a respected locker room guy, or they could just wave Malachi Richardson, who that's the next trade that, that they did. Um, so we'll just talk about that one quick. I'll just give the details. I got Malachi Richardson in a 2022 second round pick from the Raptors. 
and the draft rights to Emir Prelzic. Um, basically, this is Philly saying, yeah, we have an open roster spot. We'll eat his contract for, for a little bit of cash sent your way um, to get this extra pick. So this harkens back to the hinky days of, you know, yeah, give it their, their own asset my way and I'll eat this deal for you. And helps Toronto lower their tax bill and open up, opens up a roster spot um, for them. But Richardson easily moved on from if you're, if you're Philadelphia. All right. Clippers side. So Chandler and Muscala, they do nothing for the Clippers on the court. Chandler's hurt. Muscala, whatever. Right. Um, they sure they would trade him again if they could. Um, Landry Shamet, nice prospect, right? I, I I like him alongside Shea, um, and uh, Jerome Robinson as the kind of three young guards there. I think think the three of them all fit fairly well. I think you know you, you've got you, you're probably moving on from Beverly and Bradley this summer, so I kind of like those guys with Lou Williams as kind of your thing. Shamet, you know, you can't ask for much more of a mentorship. You're going from JJ Redick to Lou Williams. You know, that's fantastic for him. But the the real gets here are. They cleared the books of, you know, a bunch of stuff for next year, not even cap holds now. And then they picked up a bunch of uh, draft picks in the, in the, you know, course of doing business. So now the Clippers are sitting here with these extra draft picks. I would not be shocked at all. I don't know if it'll happen by tomorrow, but if by the start of free agency, they use one of those extra draft picks to dump the contract to Dylan Nilo Gallinari while taking back nothing. And then all of a sudden the Los Angeles Clippers join the New York Knicks as, as the only two teams with two max salary slots. And that really, really means something because the Clippers then can be right in the mix for Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Jimmy Butler, maybe Clay Thompson, who whoever it is that's you know rumored to be moving, you better believe that Steve Ballmer and the Clippers will be involved. So, Pete, from the Clippers side, you know I know you you mentioned you kind of you know it, it bums you out to see Shamet go, but you're not on that train of it's too much. You know that yeah. was the too much. Um, you know, so I think he'll help, but but it's really about the draft picks and getting clearing the books for the Clippers, right? Yeah, because potentially you're looking at Chandler may not even get back fully healthy this season. Mm-hmm. So how much is he going to help? Uh, is going to, I think to me he right now based on the way the roster is constructed probably play the same amount of minutes. Um, I'm surprised that they they did get Shamet. Obviously, it's for the future move, uh, for the future type of move, but. Because Jerome Robinson's not really played very much. Um, yeah, he's only recently started to play as part yeah. of the rotation, really, over the last couple of weeks. I, I feel like something's going to come from the Clippers a little bit more to to shore up the roster. As they, I think they're going to push to make sure they get into the playoffs over you know teams like the Lakers and, and Sacramento now um, and, and try to make some kind of push, whether that's moving off of a couple of their other guys, Gortat, maybe you know some other pieces there. Um, but I mean, so wait, I like go, go, go back. Do you think they're still going to push for the playoffs or you I, don't think they are? I think they are going to try to push for the playoffs because okay. really See, I'm going the other way. You I, are? I, okay. I, yeah, I think they're done. I think this, this was made in mind. Remember if they make the playoffs, their first round pick goes to Boston. Right. And if they're in the lottery, they keep it. And I think, I think the Clippers were hyper realistic here, which is Steve Ballmer's kind of MO and said, Great. So what? We make the playoffs, lose our pick, and get drilled by Golden State in the first round. 
Yeah, what, that's what true. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think about so that. I, I, yeah, I, th- I think they're they're done. I think we're going to see them probably start to move the other veteran pieces off and really say, all right, let's just play this thing out the rest of the way. I mean, if they happen to make it, they make it. But I think I think they're also looking at it as LeBron's back now and mm-hmm. holding them off and holding the Kings, who they're just not going away off. I think I think that's you know where we'll go. Con, Con I want to you you're the trade guy, you know, with, with the bench mob show. And I know a lot of times future picks and all that are thrown out. So one team who's, you know, really directly impacted by this but isn't even involved is the Boston Celtics because we just mentioned it. They're they're probably not going to get the Clippers pick now. And then you've got the Sacramento Kings pick, which was, you know, that was the kind of the, the crown jewel of Boston's treasure chest of picks. And now all of a sudden the Kings, they might even be a playoff team, which that's that's kind of a, becomes an unmitigated disaster for the Celtics, right? Yeah, I mean, the, we – the value of these draft picks was a very interesting conversation that I had a couple weeks ago with like some draft people. Um, and the Celtics, they do their planning and they, at, to start the season, they were like, Oh, we're going to get four first round picks. Let's go. And super happy. Now I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Keith, but the Clippers one turns into two seconds. After we actually next turns into year? one second. One second. Is um, it after yeah. this year or next year? It, next year. So what will happen is if if the Clippers keep it this year, it rolls over one more year with the same lottery protections, and then yeah. Boston would get it or not get it. If they don't get it, then it turns into one second round pick. Yeah, and then so that's a possibility now. If the Clippers, uh, I mean, they might sign two max guys. We'll see what happens there. So yeah, I think if you're the Celtics, yeah. to just interject, I think your hope is. I think you have to be realistic. We're not going to get it now. And your hope is you because the other thing is Boston doesn't want four first round picks. They don't have the roster space to, yeah. to take four rookies. But I think so. I think if you're the Celtics, your hope now is what you're going to do is you're going to turn around and say, hey, look, come on. They're going to sign two max guys. You're going to get, you know, another first rounder it might be in, you know, 20. But, you know, you're going to get a first rounder because that's what their hope, you know, uh, cough, cough. New Orleans Pelicans cough cough take this pick um I think is you know where where we're going with that so um but yeah exactly. go ahead, yeah so the, it, it ruins their kind of potential package that they can offer the Pelicans um yep. 480 especially if the Kings pick is like 15 to 20 something like that especially with the draft class being weaker um in Memphis I mean that Memphis pick could still be really valuable uh down the line so that that still holds value but the pick package that Boston could offer is not looking so great. And the Clippers, I just, I'm really curious if stars are going to go to the Clippers. Um, we haven't really seen it happen, but they're really banking on it. And just to kind of give my take on the playoffs or not discussion you and Pete had, mm-hmm. I mean, trading your best player doesn't really mean you're trying to go to the playoffs um and it's just going to be tough and i think they also saw that hey look we're still not out too far out from being the second worst team in the west if we start tanking now um which is important because from the last time i looked at it the second to last place team in the west could get to like sixth sixth or seventh and sixth or seventh has a decent chance of getting in the top four so that could be big for the clippers too 
Well, why Pete thinks they're going to be really good is because, you know, they have all these new former Sixers they got. They got <laughs> M. Bob Mute, no, they got Lou just, Williams. He, th- he's I like, think... all these former Sixers. Avery Bradley might as well be a former Sixer. You're so rumored to go there so many years. So, so Pete, that's why Pete's for, all in on the Clippers. No, for me, I just, I feel like, you know, maybe another move or two is coming. But, you know, now that you guys have said that, it makes so much more sense. I didn't even think of it. Moves, you know, moves are in, coming in to get worse, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so that that pretty much closes out what's going on there. And, you know, we're, they did you guys just hit on a move. Moves are coming to to probably to get worse for the Clippers. Um, all right. Another trade that went down and this one went down a couple days ago, but but didn't quite rate enough for us to do an emergency podcast. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers acquire Rodney Hood from the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Wade Baldwin, the fourth and Nick Stauskas. So for the Cleveland side, who cares? Doesn't matter. You know, I mean, we can all laugh about Stauskas, Stauskas, Stauskas jokes, but, you know, maybe they get a shot and do something. They'll, they'll probably play because Cleveland's so banged up, um, you know, that they're, they've been playing their two-way guys forever. Um, now they actually started Dang Adele uh, last night against mm-hmm. the Celtics. Um, but so, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, maybe, maybe they'll play. Maybe Stauskas, who kind of looked okay at the beginning of the year for Portland, and then quickly turned into a pumpkin. You know, so so there. But let's let's flip to the Portland side. So Pete, Rodney Hood comes in. The, the Blazers really needed another wing. Maurice Harkless, he's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. He's, you know, been really just not healthy uh for large chunks of the year. And I think Hood might really help these guys. What do you think? Yeah, I absolutely think so as well. Because if you really look at the way that the Blazers run their backup lineups, Evan Turner is essentially the backup point guard, and then Seth Curry's the backup shooting guard, which then could put Hood um, taking Stauskas' spot as the backup small forward, obviously can play behind C.J. McCollum at the shooting guard spot as well. Um, he's had a you know down spell, obviously with with um, Cleveland, and I just I feel like you know you were only getting Mo Harkless for about twenty two minutes a game, and yep. he's been up and down, injured this season. So I just feel like that Hood really solidifies you know that much of a need perimeter shooter can defend a little bit. Um, I don't think Portland's done either. I think they make another move. You might see Harkless on the move um, as well, maybe, you know, to get another piece or two um, in there. But this is Portland's way of saying, hey, we need, you know, we got smacked last year by the Pelicans in a sweep. You know, we need a little bit more depth to, you know, some guys coming off the bench for scoring because we can't just continue to rely on Dame and, and CJ to do everything. And that's what it screams to me. Yeah, I think they wanted a little more size, too, mm-hmm. in the backcourt because all of their main guards are all pretty small, and McCollum, Lillard, and Curry, and then Stauskas, see, he's not the biggest guy in the world. So I think Hood gives them a little bit of size. But I will say this is the last time I'm buying in that Rodney Hood's going to really help a playoff team because he never really got there in Utah flashes on occasion but never really got there and then he wasn't very good for cleveland so so that's it if he he doesn't pull this off um you know then good luck wherever you go next season but i'm not i'm not buying in maybe 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 it's my misplaced belief that's been holding rodney hood back so con pete mentioned you know there there could be another move in there if it is wouldn't surprise me if they look to move out one of the bigs you know um you know maybe maybe Myers leonard or uh caleb swanigan who doesn't really play at all yeah obviously nurkic is too important zach collins too young and on a rookie deal you know could you see them do doing that and you know trying trying to get another piece in there to upgrade you know by using those contracts of leonard or maybe even harkless moving him 
Yeah, I mean, Harkless, I I think, is a little less likely just because he does provide that wing. Um, he's, length, he's lengthy, he can run the floor, he's athletic, and his peak performances are pretty solid. Uh, so yeah. they're just, I feel like they're going to hope that they get peak Mo Harkless for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't you know need his size on yeah. the wing against guys like Durant and Paul George. Exactly. Those guys, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if they can find that, so they're just going to have to hope that he gets there for the playoffs. And then um, I will... I agree that they're going to be looking for a lot of Myers Leonard type trades, but I was going to say maybe do like an Evan Turner for Jabari and give the give uh, the Bulls maybe like a, a protected first to get yeah. off that contract. Um, I think that gives them some size and some playmaking. And although I know people are going to hate on Jabari, I think he has been playing a lot better recently and he's playing under Boylan and the messed up Bulls situation. So I think Terry Stotts could really help him out um and he can he can bring the ball up the floor for the second unit for them he'll give them a lot more size the defense is going to obviously struggle but that's going to be the case with a lot of people so i think i would try to do that especially because then you clear off that 18.6 million as well for next year um Mm -hmm. which i know is a priority for them so that's just a trade that i I would look at for them because as the bulls i would definitely do that yeah i i think what you want to look at for for portland is any kind of scoring um combo wing guy especially if they have a little bit of size uh, that's what portland's looking for there and if they can use leonard's contract to go get it i think they'll be in on it the problem is it's them and about seven other teams are looking for that exact same thing so so that may, makes it a little little tough to you know be 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 out there and one one thing i will say with evan turner that i think does get a little unsold he's in effect their backup point guard because Seth Curry really plays primarily off the ball. So Turner, you know, does a lot of ball handling when he's in there. And he's the only guy in their second unit who can reliably create his own shot, um, which is, you know, that is something that becomes very important when you get into the playoffs. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, where they go with it because, you know, they've got some options, which is, is good. And I'm with you because I think they, they want to get better because they don't want to flame out early again in the playoffs. They, they want to be in this thing for at least a couple rounds. Otherwise, then it's probably time to really take a good hard look at the roster and say, have Damon CJ as a backcourt combo taken us as far as we can go. You know, is it, is it time to break those guys up and go go in a different direction with the way we build out this team? All right, another trade. Um, Con, I know you like this one. Detroit and Milwaukee uh, teamed up this morning. Straight trade just in kind of a real basketball trade not a lot of cap um stuff going on here but thon maker goes to the pistons stanley johnson goes to the milwaukee bucks and you know i i kind of like it i think i like it more from milwaukee because i think johnson gives them yet another you know wing with size that can go and you know defend against the boston toronto uh the Phillies of the world, which not now you need those guys. And then, you know, Maker to Detroit. We'll have to see. I don't think the Pistons are done by any means. I think they've got a lot more stuff going on. And, you know, he's he's under Dwayne Casey and maybe he, you know, really kind of gets it back together there. But Con, you you seem to pre show, you seem to be kind of excited about this one. Yeah, one, because it's a straight up trade, which doesn't yep. happen a lot. Two, because these are two, both of them are uh were like kind of trade darlings for me whenever I looked at different trades uh, for wings. For I mean, Stanley Johnson is the wing type. And then Thon, I just think, still has some p- potential if used the right way. So Stanley Johnson, I owe, anytime I was looking for a Pelicans deal, a Portland deal, um, a Rockets deal, I would always look to Stanley Johnson as a buy-low candidate because I felt like you could make something 
of him because I think there's talent in there that's just not being used correctly in Detroit. So the fact that he just got flipped for Thon, who I also think has a decent amount of potential, just I, I don't foresee him being successful in Detroit. That's just me. I do think he could be successful in a different system. But in Detroit, I don't know how well he's going to perform. I think Stanley for the Bucks is perfect. Uh, it, he, they, he kind of fits their defensive kind of mentality. And the length isn't really there with Stanley Johnson, which I usually look for for a Bucks player. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to be able to come in off the bench and maybe perform and earn some minutes like DJ Wilson did. Yeah, and no, it's it's funny because my my one worry from Milwaukee, and it, w- it wasn't going to be Thon because that that relationship had gone too far south, is do they have enough behind Brook Lopez at the five right now? It's really it's Ersan Ilyasova and DJ Wilson split those backup big minutes alongside Giannis, and my worry is I. DJ Wilson's played really, really well, and he's won me over. I'm just not quite there on him as being a playoff piece. So I wonder if they've got another move in them as well where they could look. But I do like Stanley Johnson because I, I, Sterling Brown, I, he's another guy I could see falling out of the rotation come playoffs when things tighten down. And I think you'll see Johnson you know, potentially slide in there. He'll probably steal some minutes from Tony Snell on the wing as well, who, you know, has, it hasn't been, you know, all that great. So, you know, but good, good job by Milwaukee really kind of rebuilding um, their, their bench a little bit here, you know, in season with, with picking up George Hill and then picking up now Stanley Johnson. That's, you know, good quality work, work by them. Pete, the Pistons side, Thon Maker right now, he slots in, you know, it's, it's Andre Drummond and then it's uh, Zaza Petulia, but you could pretty much easily envision Thon bumping stretch Julio, five. right? Yeah, stretch yeah, five. Yeah, it gives him a different look, right? Yeah, stretch five, and then he could even play power forward because John Lohr is the only other backup. I mean, you got Henry Ellenson, but he hasn't shown anything. Yeah, um, yeah. Johnson was, in effect, their backup behind Blake Griffin. Right, and with Maker, his biggest weakness, obviously, is is technically strength and rebounding, but you got Andre Drummond there, so you don't have to worry about that. So being able to have a guy that is comfortable enough to stretch it out to three is really an asset. It's just the only thing like content. I'm, I'm a little worried because it's Dwayne Casey and I don't know how, you know, he's going to utilize Thon, but I am intrigued to see Thon in a different situation because this is one of those, as many other people have reported, it's a straight up trade that really is a fresh start for both players and, and yeah. is a needed one. I, I think, too, one thing for the Pistons not to overlook is Johnson was going to be a restricted free agent this summer or mm-hmm. is going to be. And now he'll just be that for the Bucs and they get a whole extra year out of Thon. So I think that's good, especially if they do if they go in a direction where they do move off of Drummond or something like that. Now you've got Thon there. And, and let's not forget, you know, it wasn't all that long ago, you know, almost a year ago, but but it, only a year ago, he was playing big minutes in the playoffs, you know, against the Celtics and, you know, Pat had some really nice games in, in there. So I think, the, you know, there's there's a potential in there. They're a capped out team, so they weren't going to be able to add help. I, I don't know that they were going to go to any great lengths to resign Johnson. So I, I like this, you know, for the Pistons, even if right now it's a, it's a little confusing because, you know, for the rest of this year, the, the fit doesn't really seem to be there. And Detroit, I think, you know, they're one of those teams that seems like they're, you know, if we can get Mike Connolly, we're going to go all in on making a playoff push. If we can, I would not be surprised if the Pistons flip the other direction and start moving out, you know, other pieces if they can. The challenge is their veteran guys just don't have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, value 
around the NBA. I want to pause for a second to remind you we are the NBA Front Off Show. We are brought to you by CLNS Media. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please head over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review, and most importantly, tell a friend. It'll really help. If they don't use iTunes, you can find us on all the major podcast players out there, anywhere you go, Stitcher and Spotify and all those. We're, we're on all of them, so you can go out there and find the show there. But you know, please please tell a friend. We're, we're going to come back at you, you know, again tomorrow night as the trade deadline wraps up and, and and go go through everything that happened on what you know at this point is shaping up to be you know a really really busy deadline day we'll we'll go through all of it so guys two more deals to talk about here and then then I want to wrap up with a couple predictions for tomorrow so the other deal Detroit Pistons again involved they traded Reggie Bullock who's been there starting uh one of their starting wings they don't really do the small forward shooting guard thing they just kind of do two wings um but Bullock was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers for Svi Mikhailuk um is he's coming in there um for for the Pistons so again going with a younger option Bullock's a f- expiring contract probably wasn't going to be back in Detroit. So, Pete, I know you were looking at this and saying, who in the world plays a three or the second wing spot, or really either wing spot mm-hmm. for the Pistons? So so I know you've got some worries about that. Yeah, I feel like with with the three, it's down to Glenn Robinson, the third, and then Spee. Those are probably your two right now. And then I totally blanked, and I'm glad you mentioned him, Um you got Brown and you've got Kennard really as the shooting guards potentially. And I don't know. That's just not inspiring to me as far as, you know, your, your wing depth. So you have to feel like something's coming with uh, McCulloch. He really didn't get a shot because he essentially was playing the small forward spot behind LeBron. And when he did get a shot, he didn't really shoot it all that great. As far as the NBA goes, he did. Okay. You know, in his G league minutes, but I'd expect him if if the Pistons do go the route of kind of selling off some pieces that, you know, he will get quite a bit of playing time. So we'll see what he can do. Um, losing Bullock, I think, you know, isn't a, a shocker because they were, you know, shopping him around. A lot of teams had interest. So I think it's a, a win for really for both sides because you get off a of Bullock in Detroit, you know, if you're going the route of, of selling pieces. And then with the Lakers, you're getting help for, you know, a team that surely needs it after last night's game. Yeah, we'll talk about the Lakers side a little bit more here in a second. For the Pistons, they did Mikhailik does have the um two two more years after this year, so twenty twenty and twenty twenty one seasons are fully non guaranteed. So so good kind of control there for the Pistons of a lot of options. I I'm a little surprised Glenn Robinson the third hasn't worked out better for them. I really thought when they put together this team that there's a good chance he would be the starting three just the way the roster was constructed, just, you know, he, he hasn't been totally healthy and hasn't looked great when given his time. I personally think you're going to see them go with Brown and Kennard as the two, two guys on the wing. I think that's, that's the way they'll go. If, you know, assuming this is the final construction of the Pistons for the rest of the year, Connor, you with, with the Lakers side of this, they got drilled last night by the Pacers and uh, Pacers fans were were uh, humorously not nice as they chanted to Brandon Ingram, uh, "LeBron's going to trade you," uh, very loudly and very in unison. And then I don't know if you guys caught, but when Javale Javale McGee uh, went to the free throw line, I think, I think it was something like, uh, "Yo, you're not good enough to be traded." Yeah, pretty um, much. Which was, you know, which was, uh, you know, again, uh, not not very nice, but funny. Um, you know, the Lakers, Bullock's going to help them. You know, I think think he's 
probably one of the better uh, shooters and more reliable shooters on the roster. But but this just further adds to that mess that they have on the wing, right? Yeah, I mean, with the Lakers, I didn't really understand it. The value for Reggie made sense because I was looking around the league and like a late late first to uh, early second round pick was what I thought his value was. And then, so you got Svi in a second, which is Mm -hmm. pretty much amounts to that, I would say. Um, Svi, obviously, the Lakers are really high on. So this just screamed to me that the Lakers are going to do everything they possibly can, not as if they're not doing it already, um, to get Anthony Davis or, no, just Anthony Davis, because I don't know any other star that they're going to go after for the trade deadline. And you don't, you do this, I guess even if Anthony Davis doesn't come because you need a 3 and D wing next to LeBron. Um, but it just goes to show the shift in mentality of the Lakers to rely and wait uh, for the young guys to develop to just get an expiring 3 and D wing in Reggie Bullock who isn't that valuable for a guy who does have some potential in Svi. And that's why I do like it for the Pistons because with Don as well, like Stanley kind of ran his course with the Pistons. So now they're getting like two kind of unknown new blood upside players in Svi and Thon that can, that they can kind of test out. Um, it'll be interesting to see the Svi versus uh, Luke Kennard uh, kind of position competition there. Cause I feel like they're similar players. But, yeah, I mean, those are kind of all my thoughts there. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I like what you said about the Lakers. It's clearly as much as they said coming into the year, and I think they were being truthful about it, that their plan was to – they were in this long game with LeBron. It did not have to be this year. I think now that has changed. And I think clearly when you offered – over half the team in a trade to to the Pelicans, including every single one of your young players in that deal, except for Mo Wagner, which is just kind of funny that he was like the one. Nope, can't be no no Mo. We got to keep him. <laughs> um, you know that just kind of made me laugh. But but it's you know it's there. And you know I I did a handful of radio hits today, and one of the things you know everybody's asking you know is that not enough? And one of the things for me is if you're the Pelicans, I think what you looked at was over the last month. This is what you'll be then, is what the Lakers just were. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good enough in the Western Conference. It might be good enough in the East. Probably is good enough to make a, make the playoffs in the East. But the Pelicans don't play in the East. They play in the West. And I think for them, it's, it's either we want to be super competitive and make the playoffs still and push him for the playoffs with whatever we get. Or we're going to go the other direction, completely bottom out, which these guys are just good enough to keep you – from that happening. So I think they really looked at it and said, no way. So, so Con, that's a you know great point you mentioned there of, you know, it's already subtle shifts and, you know, directions changing to, we're going to bring in some veterans here where, where, and when we can. And that's, you know, what it signals with, with Reggie Bullock. And, you know, and again, we, we've said, we've, we've been saying it really since we relaunched the show, the Lakers aren't going to take on any money past this year. That that's just not in the cards. If they do, that's going to be Anthony Davis. If not, it's you know it's it's not going to happen because they're going to keep that powder dry, you know, for the summer. One more trade to talk about. This one came in late afternoon today. The Miami Heat and Phoenix Suns connected. The, these two teams seem to get together for trades on a fairly regular basis. And what they ended up doing was. Uh, a two for one deal, which sent out Ryan Anderson went to the to the Miami Heat, and then the Suns acquired Wayne Ellington and Tyler Johnson. Miami with Johnson for Anderson worked straight up on their side, so they're going to create a six million dollar trade exception. But what this is about for the Heat is it's all about getting down and clearing 
to get out of the luxury tax. They're really, really close now. Uh, they are sitting at, by my calculations, about $1.2 million above the tax line. Now, they do have to go sign somebody because they're down to just 13 players on the roster. So that'll get eaten away at a little bit. But if they could find a deal for... You know, a guy like Kelly Olynyk or Dion Waiters or, you know, if they, they ended up doing uh, anything along those lines, that gets them out of it. Or if they could, you know, ship off Rodney Magruder and, uh, you know, one other minimum contract guy or something like that, that that's going to get them out of that luxury tax. And that's, you know, obviously important for Miami. And then Anderson's contract, if you remember, all the way back to the offseason when he was traded from the Rockets to the Suns, he agreed to take his salary for next year, which is $21.3 million, and make it only $15.6 million guaranteed, which was the equivalent to what Brandon Knight's salary was. Again, don't do this if you're a player. What a, what a stupid thing. Why? Because this is what happens. Now you're going to get traded. You're going to get. You're either going to get bought out, or you're going to get waived and stretched. And you're you you should have. They gave you that contract. Make them honor it. Don't give it up. You know, I, Anderson. I know was hoping to play more or whatever. And then look what happened. What the Phoenix? Like, what do you play? Five games, and then yeah. you know barely saw the floor. So you know, um. So that that's really all this is on the Heat side for the Suns. Pete Tyler Johnson. They've been looking for a point guard, but I, I have a hard time believing yeah. this guy's it. I don't get it because DeAnthony Melton, you know, he showed a little bit of flashes, but he hasn't been great. Nobody they've thrown out there. So the de facto guy that handles the ball is Devin Booker. Yeah. How does Tyler Johnson, other than in transition, really help Devin Booker? Like, I, I think don't, he can defend point guards a little, which I think helps you know them. I think I think you're going to see them shift almost to what Houston did. It's like a very light version where Booker's the point guard, primary ball handler on offense, and then Booker defends the points like Houston did with uh, Harden and Beverly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think think that's kind of their goal. But but yeah, sorry, I interrupted. No, you. no, no, no. I just don't know really what Phoenix is is thinking about here, unless you know like we've talked about throughout the show, unless something else is, is coming their way. I think going back to Miami just quickly, I think something else will happen, you know, whether it's waiters or, or Olenek, um, because right now you're looking at Winslow as your point guard with Drogic out. So, um, I don't know. I Yeah, they've been running that for a while, and they seem you know, comfortable. And that's one where I kind of question. People get all, oh, he's the point guard, but Josh Richardson's doing a ton of the ball handling. Yeah. He's been defending the opposing points. So to me, that means he's the point guard. It, it's getting back to this whole thing of positions don't really matter anymore. Right. We, we need to you know do what we can to kind of change change our mindset. With, but with, with um, Phoenix, like now you have Tyler Johnson in there really – what do you have a need? You know, you waived Ellington. Yeah, they're gonna... going. Yeah, let, let me touch on that real quick. They're going to waive Wayne Ellington um, as soon as the trade's complete. That was Ellington had to agree. He had a de facto no trade clause. Um, and why that is is because he has he's playing on a one year contract that comes with bird rights at the end. And if you have a one year deal with bird or early bird rights, you get a de facto no trade clause because once you're traded, you lose them. So now he's lost those. So what what we're going to see end up happening with Ellington is the Suns are going to waive him because that was a condition of him agreeing to the trade. Mm-hmm. With with you know Phoenix though they have Jamal Crawford who's a buyout candidate. You know you've got Troy Daniels who could be potentially he's not really there to play potentially and or hasn't been so far yep. a lot. And so I don't know. I mean it's a good opportunity for. 
for Tyler Johnson to really get a, a lot of minutes if that's the route they want to go. I just I just question really the fit if you look at him looking at him as a point guard, so to speak. And Con, I know it's not a strong point guard market this summer in free agency, but nineteen point two million dollars for Tyler Johnson next year, that seems like a waste of money for the Suns. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a potential play. I don't really how how old is Tyler Johnson again? He is gonna turn twenty six in May, it's yeah. looking like. Yeah. So he's not that young. Um I know it is only is one year. It's yep. only one year of nineteen point two. It's just I don't yeah, I mean your the tone of voice you use when you ask that question <laughs> is exactly how I feel about this yeah. because I understand that you want it to like for them it's fifteen million in Ryan Anderson's salary isn't gonna do much for you. Um so let's just take nineteen million of Tyler Johnson. One very similar trade that we looked at in our uh, trade deadline episode for the bench mob was Reggie Jackson for Ryan Anderson, which is similar logic. You don't want to pay Reggie Jackson eighteen million dollars, but you need a point guard. So maybe you do it um just in case it works out somehow. And I think that's the exact same mentality uh that was taken here. Yeah, and and I could have seen something like that. I actually think I like this a little better. Yeah, despite it being more money, because Johnson's not going to take the ball out of Booker's hands or any of the other young guys. You know, he's going to play. He's content to play off the ball. He's not a great shooter, but he can hit an open jumper now and again. And I and I think you know he's a much better defender than uh, Jackson is. I think you know he gets after it. So so we'll see. You know where it goes for for Phoenix. This is just. I don't know, to me, this becomes more of the same with the Suns of just, you know, kind of doing things without a real clear path. And, you know, this would have made more sense if maybe they got a pick thrown their way or something to to do this. But I guess it was, well, we want to get off Anderson's deal and at least get something semi-useful, you know, the rest of the, rest of the way here. And, and, and we didn't mention it, Johnson has a player option for next year. If Tyler Johnson turns down a $19 million player option for next season, I'll refund everyone's money for everything they paid to ever listen to this show, which I know is $0, but I'll also give you a big hug if I ever meet you in person because this is that's not going to happen. You know, I would be completely stunned if Tyler Johnson turned down $19 million. That would scream collusion of the highest levels um, in basketball history, you know, for him to do that. So, guys, we did it. We got through all the deals to date. It is, um, you know, it's 730 uh, here on the East Coast on trade deadline eve. We've got, uh, what do we got? Look, I'm looking at the TV. we got about 19 and a half hours till the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So I want to close with a prediction. Let's start with the first one. Does Anthony Davis get traded at the deadline tomorrow? Con, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, so before we started recording the pod, me and Pete and you actually were talking about this. Yep. I think it would be foolish for the Pelican. I would let's not say foolish because there's always things you can do, but I think no, that be strong, be the, strong. <laughs> the market is going to dry up so much in the free agency because almost forty percent of players or thirty or whatever that set is are free agents this year more than any other year. Um, there are so many expiring deals. There are so many other deals that are going to become expiring next year. There are just so many teams going for a bidding war to get that Anthony Davis one more playoffs that they get when they do it this trade deadline, which adds just that much more value. And in the summer, it's only going to really be the Celtics. And then a lot of these teams lose out on their contracts that they're going to include to make this deal. I just think the value is going to be so much higher now than it is in the summer. And I think the Pelicans are going to realize it and are going to pull the trigger 
but that's just me. And, and, and to that point, to what, what Connor's saying, I just finished um, updating my uh, my my projections, and the now the league went, has gone steadily down. It was projected I had over I had originally about fifteen teams to be cap space teams with I want to say at one point twelve teams of that group with a with cap with enough space to do one max offer. Now I'm down to just eleven teams are starting to take on some money that could have been cap space teams. Philly obviously they took themselves out of being a cap space team with with today's big trade for Tobias Harris, so they. They want a different direction, so it, it's something to really watch for because there's there's a couple swing teams in there, Phoenix and Orlando, depending on how they go, and obviously we could see you know, a lot more moves tomorrow that really start to bring all that into focus. But as it stands right now, not as many teams with cap space, so lots and lots of free agents. But there there's a good amount of money, but you know it is going to, as Con said, it's going to dry up very very quickly. Pete, Anthony Davis traded or not tomorrow? Yes, I think he'll be traded, and I think Lonzo goes to Orlando. That's my prediction. All right, there we go. All right, so I'm going to say no. I think the Pelicans are going to stick to their guns because I think the only place he gets traded tomorrow is to the Los Angeles Lakers. Maybe a surprise team jumps in there. I know know among the uh, basketball blogosphere, everybody's like, come on, Toronto, come on, Denver, go, go get it done. Um, with, with you know to to get it done there, so um, so we'll see. All right, and then so I'm on record with that, and then so taking Anthony Davis out of it, I'm going to put you both on the spot here as well as myself. Biggest name to be traded tomorrow is I'll go first, and I'm only I'm only doing this because Woj just tweeted it. I think it's going to be Otto Porter. Um, it sounds like Washington's really moving them. I reported earlier today, I believe it was, it might have been yesterday, that the Washington boat. Oh, Otto Porter is being traded to the Chicago Bulls. Wow, for Bobby, for Bobby Porter's and Jabari Parker. Parker. Wow. Right, so we'll, yeah, just broke. Sean Sharani of the Athletic. Oh, my so, goodness. All right, well, we'll stay on here for Instant a couple of Instant reaction. Oh, my Instant goodness. Reaction. Um, all right, Con, go. <laughs> go. <laughs> Why? I just don't understand the, like, are they getting anything else? Is, is, that, is that, like... That's so it's Otto Porter as the positive value coming back for Jabari Park and who? Bobby Portis? Uh, Jabari yeah, Parker Portis. and Bobby Portis yep. for, for Otto Porter. Yep. Um, well, I understand that they want a wing, which they've been lacking. And I do think Otto Porter will play better than he would. He was on the Wizards for any other team. I don't know if that team is the Bulls. Um, and I just hope, I really hope that there's another piece or two coming back because I don't want, I like, I wouldn't want Otto Porter's contract, especially when they were so stringent on bringing in salary for the future because of their salary cap aspirations. So is this the, the prize that they wanted, um, Otto Porter to spend 25, $26 million on him for the next three years? I, I don't know. I will see. Uh, I don't mind Otto Porter as a player. I don't mind the contract too much. I just don't understand why the Bulls um, are going this route. But at least he fits in with a lot of different players. And that lineup of Dunn, Levine, Porter, Lowry, and Wendell could be fun under the right system. you got to love it for Washington, though, because now they get off of Porter's money because obviously the the big-time injury to John Wall, I mean, it it clears it up. And, you know, they— they could potentially deal Trevor Ariza now. You have some other pieces that they might be able to deal, um, you know, as well. So really, really good for Washington. I don't know what's the best for Chicago because I don't 
I'm not as high on Otto Porter as some other people are. Um, I mean, he's a good player, but I just don't know how he's going to fit until we see a new coach, what scheme he's going to run, you know, a healthy roster. You know, I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. I just don't know the, you know, the fit potentially, you know, with Chicago, um, just kind of echoing everything, you know, content with, with the salary and, and all of that. So. Well, don't see. the Bulls want to lose? Like, this is a like a decent player that's mm-hmm. going to fill a need in their rotation. Like, is that something they want for this year? I, d- I whatever. I <laughs> yeah, and I you know so live reaction here. Let's let's be a little cautious because we don't know if there's a pick or yeah, exactly. Right. So I don't know everything there. exactly. Yeah. But, but on its face, nothing like that's been reported. So let's just say you know, all right, this is what it is. I hate this for Chicago, and I love Otto Porter. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's good. I was all in on the Nets giving him the offer sheet. I thought Washington had to match it because they you know, didn't didn't really have any other options there. And, you know, I'm, I'm a you know, I'm a fan of, of Otto Porter. I just, this is awful for the Bulls. I just don't get this at all. This is now like like this is the Jabari Parker move they made last year. But now you made it a year in advance. So I just this is not. I, I, this doesn't make sense to me from them at all. Pete, you said at Washington, this is all about salary dumps. You know, maybe Parker's okay for them the rest of the year, right? They're still in the playoff push, you know, so maybe Parker's okay. Porters could be, you know, they, they don't really have anything resembling a young power forward on the roster. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's what he becomes. So, you know, that that's all right. But at the end of the day, if Washington says, forget it, we're moving on from those two guys, fine. That's, you know, who that that's fine. You know, move move on for 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 both of them. I um yeah I I don't know. I just this I I can't get behind this from Chicago at all. Um, obviously Washington, John Wall out for this year, and then out for you know likely all of next season. This obviously you know is driving them to make different decisions. I wonder if at all now if they're you know inclined if they get a you know monster offer to move away from um uh uh Bradley Beal. That would yeah, be that, awesome. Okay, okay, it just kind of you know it's it's just a they 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 really should probably right. I, I just um I don't know. It's yeah, it's really I don't know. What well, if we'll the see. Lakers swooped so, in for Bradley Beal if they couldn't get Anthony Davis? Yeah, I, would you though? Like the team trade, the re team trade. I mean, you could. I mean, you need a, you know, you need a shooter. Um, you know, he gives you that. I would take, I would take Bradley Beal over Brandon Ingram for sure. Oh yeah, well yeah, you take Bradley Beal over everybody on anyone on that roster that's not LeBron. Yeah, right. I mean, that's you know very very clear. Now I just is it is, is that enough for Laker fans? Well, would they be like? You know, I mean, because you're still going to have to put, pay a pretty penny to get him. So I don't know. It's, you know, but let's save it for tomorrow. You know, let, let's yeah. see. You know, we, yeah. we've been go, going a while here. And look at that, guys. You got something, you know, really excited, you mm-hmm. know, at the uh, at the tail, right at the tail end, man. We were we were just closing it out. So so we're, we're not going to do a prediction on surprise player because obviously we're, that was it. We yeah. we all got surprised <laughs> by that one. You know, it was a uh, you know really came out of nowhere. And you know, and, and I'll tell you, Utah Jazz are not going to be happy. Um, same with the Sacramento Kings. They were both hot on Otto Porter mm-hmm. um, in the trade market. It'll be interesting now to see if the Jazz go back to Memphis and up the ante to get Mike Conley. Um, and, and the Kings, they, they watch them. They're going to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, yeah. but they're they're going to do something tomorrow. I, so I think Marcus All is the likely traded. That's just my answer. Just real quick. 
Um, I think he gets traded. Yeah. Um, I, before I don't know that Conley does, but I think that. Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent. Um, you know, it's gonna be. I think uh, Gasol's gonna go. I, it's too far gone now. You know, cleaned out. It cleaned out. It started cleaning out his locker. You know that it's it's too far gone. I, th- I think that has to happen. So, so we we will see. Um, you know where that goes. All right, Pete, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Pete Toll MBA. So it's P E T E T O A L MBA. All right, Con, everybody, where they can find you on Twitter? Yes, at Iconic, spelled with my name, I K A A N I C, and uh, at the Bench Mob, where we did a two and a half hour trade deadline. Go check that out. And can I close up with a three team deal idea? Yeah, for go ahead. The listeners. Sure. So Lakers get Anthony Davis, Jeff Green, Alfred Payton, and Darius Miller. The the Pelicans get Bradley Beal, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and a Lakers 2019 first. The Wizards get Brandon Ingram, Rajon Rondo, Kyle Kuzma, Lance Stevenson, and a 2021 Lakers first. I think that's a solid team for everyone. Huh? <laughs> I can't even keep all that straight in my head. Pete, while we were talking, Con obviously immediately went to the trade mission. Yeah. No, we we had <laughs> no no no. We I have we had that deal already written down. Oh, that's and, I feel I feel like it's not enough. New Orleans would have to get Kuzma in that for they're getting Bill Lonzo, Josh Hart, and a Lakers first. What what, uh, what do you need? Uh, I would want for Kuzma. Davis, yeah. Oh, Beal. I get Beal and Holiday would be fun. Beal, Ball, Hart, and a first. What? Well, what, what do you need? What do you need, Ball? If you, if I, I would ask for Kuzma instead of Ball, because what do yeah. you need him for if you've got? If oh, you're keeping okay. Up? Well, we're we're off on our Kuzma versus Ball uh, mm. evaluations, so we can end on that, I guess. <laughs> well, I like. I do like. I like. I like Lonzo Ball. I I really wanted Phoenix to get him because I thought him and Devin Booker together. They they cover for each other's weaknesses quite well. So, but but we'll but let's let's save it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about deals we thought should have happened, deals we think shouldn't have happened. Um, we can get into that. We'll get into everything. Thank you guys so much for joining us, Con. I know it's going to get this show up as quick as he can, so that you have this uh, hopefully to listen to tomorrow morning while you're waiting for anything else. If if more deals keep happening because they're you know the NBA is completely wild this year. Um, you know we will see. Um, you know we. We'll get into them and talk about them as we go. But thanks again for joining the NBA Front Office Show brought to you by CLNS Media. And we will talk to you next time. All right, let's pull up over here and drop a line. Your feet wet? My feet are wet. Here's the drain plug. You put the plug in the drain, right? Ah, it's on the dock. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. And now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. And then you can save up for a, I don't know, a really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.